When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello and welcome to episode seven on podcast on Fifth Avenue. I'm Taylor Haas. As always, we're joined by Jenna and Jordan. And my God, when we left off last episode, we were talking about Jeff Carter and his fruit snacks. And so for those that missed last episode, what he, when, they, when the Penguins went on their opening road trip of the season, um, Jeff Carter spotted with a big bag of Welch's fruit <laughs> snacks. Um, and it kind of took off from there. There were a lot of memes. I talked to him after the Tampa game, and I was like, do you eat those fruit snacks? And he's like, oh, yeah, within the first five minutes on the plane, he was <laughs> laughing about it. So when we were on our last episode, we were talking about, like, why have the people from Welch's not contacted Jeff Carter, uh, get, get him, like, a sponsorship deal? And... It was like the, the next morning after we recorded, <laughs> Welch's tweet to Jeff Carter uh, offers to send to, to, to restock his stash. Um, I don't Amazing. know. Can we, can we take credit for this, guys? Can we take some credit for this? Like, seriously. We pushed for it very hard. And I, yeah, I don't understand why we're not, we're not seeing more props. I don't know. <laughs> can we get our... Uh, stocks of Welch's fruit snacks replenished? I know. Like, we, I don't know. Can they sponsor uh, yeah. the show? Oh, Welch's <laughs> fruit snacks sponsor Wouldn't us. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> yeah, we got we to gotta push for that next. But yeah, I, I can't wait to, for the next time Carter talks, like, I'm going to have to ask him, like, what exactly did Welch just send you? Like, what is this mm. stash looking like? Because I uh, yeah, need details. Yeah, just incredible. Um, <laughs> and, like, and his. His gif to accept the offer. I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry, he just searched fruit snacks, but it's like someone like pouring like fruit snacks on themselves. This <laughs> hilarious Jeff Carter has become a meme himself. Oh <laughs> but, my goodness. Um, yeah, so great to see that. Uh, social Using the power of social media for good. Um, in Very other good. news, though, uh, non-fruit snacks news, the Penguins were four games into the season. The Penguins have yet to suffer a regulation loss. Um, six of eight points to start the season. Um, they had the overtime loss in Florida and then the shootout loss um, to Dallas. But, I mean, did, did any of us see this coming? With, you know, no Crosby, no, no Malkin, uh, no Gensel to start. Russ got hurt in Florida. Matheson's been going. Aston Reese missed some time. How are they How, how are they where they are, six of eight points? Um, I mean, Jordan, if you want to start, just what, what, what have you seen in the team? Well, I've just seen so much of the right things in Sullivan's system. Everybody is forechecking really well. They're being super aggressive, but not stupid. 
They're playing really smart hockey and they're getting contribution from all four lines. And if you think about it, the bottom six guys right now, it's going to be a fight for who gets on that fourth line whenever everybody's healthy because they're all pretty much in and out of Wilkesbury. Like it's, it's not like they're a lock to make the professional roster and they're all playing up to that, up to that level, which has just been incredible. And you're, you're seeing guys like Teddy Bluger, who we know already is incredible play. It's still one of the most underrated players potentially in the league. He's so good. And I think the the defense is playing really well in front of him, but it can't not be said that Tristan Jari has had an outstanding handful of games. Uh, even in the loss last night, he he just got beat a couple more times, or just one more time than Braden Holpe in the shootout. Like he he kept up the whole game and no matter what was thrown at him, he, he was doing really well. And I, I think that having him not only play well, but look so confident doing so is, I think that there's this mutual trust between the forwards and the defensemen and Tristan Jari now where they know like we're, we got your back, Tristan, but we know that if something happens, you can bail us out. It just seems like there's this chemistry all across the board that just disappeared in the playoffs last year. And I think that that is what has helped them get where they are because they're missing really key guys and they have gotten six out of eight points. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, Jari's been huge. My favorite stat to measure goalies, it's not um, save percentage, not goals against average, because mm-hmm. that really doesn't take into account you know, so many other factors. But there's an advanced stat, goals saved above expected, which basically takes a set expected goals, which is hard to explain, but it's basically what it sounds like, expected goals based on the qu- quantity and type of shots um, they're facing. And so the goals saved above expected takes that and sees like, how many actual goals are they letting in Mm. compared to what would be expected? And right now, Jari is, I I think, third in the league um, in in goals saved above expected. So, you know, taking into account the defense in front of him, he's way outperforming um, expectations. Mm. But, yeah, Jenna, just what have you seen um, from the team in the stretch? Yeah, I think that you can't not talk about what Tristan Jari has done just because I even look back at some of the saves he made in in the Dallas game and there were ones where we were in the newsroom where he's like, oh, wow, like that was gorgeous. I'm trying to remember. I want to say it was like in the third period, I there was I was doing a bunch of stuff. So it was kind of like sporadic here and there. But there was a couple Peterson yeah. is the one I think you're talking of from like the right circle. That was like that got them to overtime. Uh, that's exactly yep. what it did. Yeah. Like he kept them in that game and that's what they need from him. They, I think mm-hmm. you're seeing his confidence kind of come as well, because again, with what Jordan was saying after last, the way that the postseason was last year, 
there was a lot of conversation around him and are they going to go for another goalie in free agency? Is he going to be the guy we heard from the team? We heard from Mike Sullivan. We heard from the front office. Tristan Jari is our guy and he's come into the season this year and said, yeah, I am the guy right now. And he's proving it with his play. But I think it's just also been, you know, we, we talk about all the time how the team plays when Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin both aren't in the lineup and you see them step mm-hmm. up. You see guys that don't normally contribute, contribute. And I feel like we talked a little bit about this last week and I keep driving this point, but Evan Rodriguez <laughs> is playing so well. And he's a guy mm-hmm. that needed to do that. You know, you need players like him. You need players like Dan Heinen, who has goals in three of four. You need, you know, you expect Jeff Carter to play well. You expect Chris Letang to play well. But you need those bottom six guys that are being thrust in bigger mm-hmm. roles to play well. And you're seeing that from those guys. I really also like what Brock McGinn's been doing. Kind yeah. of a little, I guess a little more quiet in terms of his goal scoring, but he's been setting plays up really well. He mm-hmm. seems to be really gelling with the guys that he's matched with. And he seems like he, I mean, they, they also seem like they're having fun. I think that's mm-hmm. also, I mean, I know it's such a simple thing, but they seem like, you know, hey, we know that we're a little bit bitten by the injury bug right now. We know we're missing our two star centers, but we're going out there. We're getting points. We're staying competitive. I mean, how do you not thir- – I, I think, what was it, Saturday's game against Chicago? That first period was so oh fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not for Marc-Andre Fleury, but for, no. for everyone else. Yeah, poor Fleury. But, yeah, oh. yeah I mean, to, to Jordan's earlier point, you know, when or if this team ever gets healthy, I don't know who comes out. I mean, yeah. going into this season, I think, you know, they added a bunch of guys for the bottom six. And I think, um, at least from my perspective, the one that really didn't make any sense was like Dan Heinen. It's like, why do they need Dan Heinen? They have enough guys who would fill that kind of role. But like you said, uh, Jenna, goals in three or four games, he's looked really good. I mean, they talked yeah. all through training camp that, you know, they think Dan Heinen has more offensive upside and they're hoping to see, you know, he didn't show that in, in Anaheim, but they were hoping to see, you know, come back what mm-hmm. he was putting up in Boston and we're kind of yeah. it's early but we're seeing that um just you know the shots he's taking and um he's he's the guy that has been elevated to the top six you know with Gensel and Russ being out um he can play both wings so I mean he's not coming out um Dominic Simone is another guy that coming into the season maybe would seem yep. like the obvious choice to come out but he has um through four games a goal and two assists and just watching him and how key he is for, you know, his line, just maintaining possession and the little things he does that you might not notice um, that, you know, get his line mates offensive zone time and, and, you know, keep the puck out of their own end. He's, he might be the guy coming out, but he, he hasn't earned, you know, coming out of the lineup. He's looked good. I would say mm-hmm. maybe Drew O'Connor just because, you know, roster wise, he is waivers exempt and he can go down to Wilkes-Barre if they need to. But even then, He's looked pretty good to start of the season. He had a goal. Um, his uh, the game where he scored his, his first goal, what it was against Chicago, but it, the assist he had on Brock McGinn's goal. Yeah, that yep. I think is the better representation of you know the steps he's taken this year because it was his speed and um, you know that that's what he worked on over the offseason mm-hmm. was the speed and you know we should we we saw that. Um, I wouldn't touch the what is now the third line, um, Aston Reese McGinn Bluger. No. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, you, you both mentioned how good they've been, but, 
Um, I mean, in against Dallas, they were the best line by far. If you look at like the advanced mm-hmm. numbers, um, they they had so I mean there were no power plays or penalty kill time in that game, so nothing really to disrupt the the five on five time, and they had the most five on five time of any line just because they were so good. Yeah. Um, they attempted 16 shots on goal when they were on the ice and only allowed mm-hmm. two, which is crazy. So, I mean, it, it's going to make for some tough decisions if when um, they ever get healthy. But uh, we also have to give props what Mike Sullivan, uh, winningest mm-hmm. coach in Penguins franchise history right now. Yep. Um, with the win over Chicago. But, um, I mean, yeah, I think what a, a lot of what they're doing, you again, you have to credit to, to Sullivan mm-hmm. with these star guys out, right? Yeah, because he's the one putting it together. Yeah. Yeah. And the way that they play into his system, I mean, it shows. Mm -hmm. It works. And when you have guys that buy in, especially guys that are buying in without two future Hall of Fame players Mm -hmm. in the lineup, and, of course, Brian Rust, who's spectacular – you're seeing them get the results because of what he does to put them in position. We always hear him talk about, you know, we need to be as prepared as possible. And they are. That is what you're seeing from this group right now. Yeah. Really nothing to complain about through these four games. (laughs) Honestly, like, I don't think I can pinpoint one thing that, you know, defense, goaltending, forwards, um, everything just coming together. Um, But, yeah, we can probably take a break now. We'll come back, um, talk maybe some fun news um, from Wednesday, maybe some not-so-fun news from Tuesday. Um, So stay tuned with us uh, on podcast on Fifth Avenue. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, uh, Wednesday's practice uh, at the Lemieux Complex, pretty light practice, not a whole lot of, really no, no five on five, no special teams. There's a lot of like individualized, um, you know, specialized mini group practice. And the way it ended, um, the Penguins had their mustache boys shootouts. So, I mean, for, for people that aren't familiar with it, um, this started under Dan Bowsma, um, mustache boy. Dan Bowsma used to do a lot more of it, like juice boy, anything ending in boy. And basically, you know, you lose the shootout. There's some kind of punishment involved. Um, and the most common one is mustache boy, where, you know, someone has to grow mustache for a month. And that, it started back up under Sullivan last year. Um, and it looks like it's continuing in, into this season. So they had mustache boy. Um, so I guess through November 20th, it's a full month. Um, the loser has to have a mustache. And the loser, um, I would say maybe to the surprise of nobody, um, Dominic Simone, not the best <laughs> hands on the team, I guess you could say. Um, and then uh, Marcus Pedersen, he was the one that, you know, I, he spoke after practice and, you know, we asked, oh, I asked him, you know, like, was that mustache boy? And, and he said, yeah. And he said, you know, he, he confirmed Dominic Simone lost. And he said, and Casey Smith also lost. The rules of this are so like convoluted, and it's like I think if a goalie, it's if a goalie allows like two in a row or three in a row, 
then they also have to grow a mustache. So you can, it's possible to have multiple losers. So, um, Smith, <laughs> Simone, are your mustache boys for, you know, this the end right. of October and <laughs> start November? But I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think of the, of just this concept, Jenna, if you want to start? It is one of my favorite things. And I just go back to last season because it was Brian Dumoulin that had to have a mustache. Am I correct? And it was like the thin pencil one that he was just like trying so hard. He had one. um, Rust was one. Yeah. But no, you were right. Yeah. Dumoulin, I think, was the second one. Um, And when Dumoulin also, when Dumoulin lost his, Letang shaved his beard into a mustache in solidarity. Yes. he, he didn't keep the mustache. He, he, he wasn't, it wasn't that much solidarity. Like he didn't keep the mustache for the full month, but like for the first like <laughs> week or two, you know, Latang had a mustache at Dumoulin, but yeah, you're right. Dumoulin's not a great one. Oh, go look that up. Go find a photo of that. Cause it's incredible. I also <laughs> when we go back to Brian Russ. I remember he said, he's like, yeah, my wife wasn't too happy with it. Like honestly, the real losers in this situation are the girlfriends and wives, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> Although I'm not going to lie, if I was on the other yeah. end of that, I would just be roasting them. I would be like, well, this is, uh, you maybe you should win a shootout. Maybe you don't have to wear a mustache for a month. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine that conversation where like Dominic Simone comes home from practice and he has to tell his girlfriend like, hey, uh, by the way, I'm really sorry about this, but I'm going to have to have a mustache for the next month. <laughs> I was like, we need to talk. And it's like, so I have to grow a mustache. <laughs> it's, it's, oh my gosh. It's, it's amazing. And you see, I mean, at practice, they just have so much fun with that. Too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like they make it into this big thing. And there has to be a nice sigh of relief when yeah. you know that you're not going to be mustache oh my gosh yeah yeah i mean because it does you know kind of keep practice light i remember one of them you know last year i think it was the one dumoulin lost and it came down to like dumoulin and angelo and i asked angelo after practice you know like how good is it you know for you know keeping things light and he's like well it's not you know light when you're one of the last two like, <laughs> like they actually take it seriously and you know like they're nervous like don't want a mustache um, <laughs> unless you're what Kapanen. and Kappen and does it intentionally or Ricola. a couple guys do have mustaches on purpose but um yeah, yeah but um Jordan's what are your thoughts on on the concept of mustache I play? I love it uh because it seems like great motivation to get silkier mitts I I like that a lot because yeah who I'm just thinking about if I were a dude I would I would try my hardest, whatever it took to never have a mustache. And I just, I feel like that's great motivation. And it, it just is another kind of testament to the chemistry of the team that they can do things like that where they're working, but they're also enjoying the work that they're doing together. And I just, I think that's really cool. And I, I'm the kind of fan that, when I hear things like that, I uh, my mind automatically goes to this team is special. Stanley Cup. This is what we're going to talk about when they win the Stanley Cup. This is the kind of story, eh. and so I have to kind of keep myself in check because it's like fun things happen every year, Jordan, and they've only won the Stanley Cup five times, so chill. But I do really love it. I think that uh, it just it shows their personalities too that that they can have that kind of fun with each other. I'm, I'm a big fan. And I think that you need to keep us updated on the 
I don't even know what we could call it. Stash watch. Uh, something, <laughs> something catchy like that. Who would you guys most want to see on this team? Girl mustache. Cause I feel like the answer has to be John Marino. Oh, I was going to say, if Malkin. that's, that's exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I always go back to, you know, and we hear from playoffs from teams that are from guys on teams are like, yeah, I just cannot grow a playoff beard. Like Kale McCarr said that last year. And I feel like John Marino is in that boat. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like he's like in that boat. I don't know if he physically could grow himself a mustache. Maybe he could. I don't know. I, yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've never seen him with any kind of facial hair at all. I don't know if he could. The the first guy to pop into mind was Teddy Bluger just because Mm. He's someone who you never see with facial hair, but he can grow a beard. He did have mm-hmm. it in Wilkes-Barre. Um, he really hasn't been around for a long playoff run. But, you know, I, I remember in Wilkes-Barre he did have, like, a little bit of facial hair. So for, I don't know, Teddy Bluger with a mustache would be something fun. Um, I'm, I, I'm just thinking of, like, Yusuf Rikula, you know, when he was uh, in training camp and he spoke. Um, the first question he got was, like, what's with a mustache? Because he has, like, a crazy one. Um, he was like, it's just something to talk about. Like, he grew a mustache as a conversation starter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's such an interesting guy. That but yeah. is wacky. Yeah, I don't know. Right. So many guys uh, I'd like to see with a mustache. Brian Boyle has one to begin with. But I think when you're a mustache boy, you also have to keep, like, the beard gone. And I don't know. Yeah. I think Boyle, just with the straight mustache, would be would be great. Um I don't know. I think I just love that they still call it Mustache Boy because, like, that's a Dan Bowsma thing. Like, Dan yeah, Bowsma so called it Mustache Boy. So it's so funny, you know, when, like, Marcus Pedersen's talking about, like, yeah, that was Mustache Boy. Like, do, does Dan Bowsman know that, like, they're that still it's carrying it on? Because somebody should tell him. Yeah. He, he's um assistant coach with the, with the Charlotte Checkers down the AHL, the Krakens affiliate. So, uh, I mean, he was just in Wilkes-Barre recently, but. Um, yeah, I just think that's so funny. Um, and because it was the players who played under Valsma who requested that it came back. I remember, you oh know, goodness. when Russ lost that first one, like the Penguins had like, like a, him mic'd up or somebody mic'd up and they showed it. And like, you know, Sullivan, you know, at the end of the practice said like we had a request to do a mustache boy. So, you know, that has to be like, you know, like Sid or Latang or one of those guys. Um, so, yeah, it's just so funny that it's... <laughs> What I mean, he's been gone. Bowsman's been gone for how long? Sullivan's you know since yeah. surpassed with the winning as coach, and they're still using mustache boy. Um, <laughs> so um, I guess in not so fun news, the Penguins sellout streak. Um, I won't talk about the Dan Bowsman but um, mm. it ended after 14 uh, years. Um, it's 633 games, both regular season and postseason. Um, going back to yeah, February 14th, 2007, uh, ended against uh, the Stars. So the, the streak started um, February 14th, 2007 against the Blackhawks. The last game of the streak was against the Blackhawks. Um, Tuesday, they only sold uh, 16,450 tickets. So they were only at, like, it, it wasn't even close. They were only at, like, 89% uh, percent capacity, about 2,000 uh, short of a sellout. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess is is anyone surprised? Um, I guess just with the state of things, you know, because of the pandemic, and then I guess also, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, what it was a Tuesday night against Dallas. Yeah, um, yeah. Is anyone surprised, Jen? If you want to start, 
I think it's one of those two, like there's so many contributing factors here. I mean, obviously we are still dealing with the COVID pandemic. It's still very real in that sense. So people aren't entirely super enticed to be going to tons of sporting events, especially indoor sporting events right now. And then the fact that you're missing, you know, Crosby, Malkin, and Brian Russ, you know, big stars aren't playing. It was a Tuesday night. It was against the Dallas Stars. You know, it it wasn't the Mark andre Fleury return type thing. So it was one of those, like, you heard kind of rumblings and the fact that, you know, this – and but this is kind of all teams are dealing with this right now, as Mm -hmm. unfortunate as it is. And then there's questions, no, you know, hey, how does this affect the cap and all of that? Taylor, I know that – you guys heard from David Morehouse um, kind of just about the state of things. But uh, I think one of the most interesting things, and I have to quote Will Graves from the AP on Twitter, but he was basically saying like, there isn't a ton to worry about, especially with the fact that the new TV deals are here. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. making a lot of money with the NBA or NBA. Uh, (laughs) I'm so used to saying TNT, NBA and TNT, (laughs) NHL on TNT and ESPN, the combination of those deals that's going to help them a lot too. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's kind of like the world is ending end all be all type thing, but I mean, it is a little bit bittersweet for, you know, what this team has done for the last 14 years. I mean, sustaining that has been absolutely incredible and it's just a testament to Penguins fans and the city of Pittsburgh as a whole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You, you mentioned the cap, um, David Morehouse, the CEO, he did speak with select few reporters, uh, at intermission, um, on on Tuesday, we, we had, a couple of us like got called into like a, a little room with Morehouse, and like they didn't tell us why we were going in there. And it's like, is is the streak over? We're like trying to figure out why we could be possibly meeting with Morehouse, but yeah, that's what it ended up being. But um, we yeah we did we did talk to him, and he did say that you know since he's been with the team, uh, he was hired in the o four o five lockout. So when they implemented a cap, there's never been a discussion of not spending to the cap. And he said mm-hmm. they still haven't had had that discussion. So, yeah, that's not going to be affected. Like you said, the TV deals are huge for this. Um, he also did say, you know, while ticket revenue is important, they have made so many other changes, improvements to just the, the PPG, Paints Arena game day experience, stuff like the the Bet Rivers Casino that they added in there. And um, a lot of changes they made to, like, the concession ordering experience and, and merch mm-hmm. and stuff like that, just improving um, – the experience speeding it up. So basically they're compensating for the lack of, or just a, a small drop in ticket sales with that. So yeah, not anything to be um, mm-hmm. concerned about, but uh, Jordan, just what are your thoughts on, I mean, 14 years of selling out yeah. games? Which that in itself yeah. is impressive. Yeah. I think we all knew that this sellout streak had to come to an end eventually because there will be a day when Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Crystal Tang are no longer on the team and they probably aren't that great for a while. So I, I have a, I had a feeling it was going to happen within the next three to five years anyway. Honestly, I, I know that some people are still apprehensive because we are still in a pandemic actively, but I think honestly, a lot of people are still trying to figure out how to adjust to things in person again. Like I heard a couple behind me talking about uh, just being at the game and watching on TV. And and the guy said, Oh, it's so much better watching on TV. And I almost turned around and slapped him. said, no, it's not. (laughs) It is not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hockey is the one sport that uh, always, 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 always is better in person. That's its own thing. But I like, 
even just me, when I hit traffic now, looking around thinking, what, who are all these people? <laughs> didn't, didn't they know I'm the only person who's allowed to be out? <laughs> I think that, I think people are just kind of like, ah, I, th I think with the amount of time in between the, the stop of the 2019, 2020 season and fans being permitted back into arenas People for, have forgotten how incredible it is to be at games, and yeah. a lot of people are probably like, "Why deal with that?" I sat in the trap or the the parking garage for thirty minutes yesterday, barely moving just to get yeah. out. And I think people weigh weigh their options, and they're like, "Can I watch the Crosby Mulkinless Penguins on TV for free?" or pay to go park and walk and get stuck in traffic. I think that that's probably just kind of like an adjustment back into an open society again and we're not really sure how to navigate that. And I and I think you're 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 right Jenna, everybody's dealing with this right now. The only team that isn't is the Steelers and uh, they're just I don't know, their fans would watch they would transport themselves to hell if it meant that they could watch the Steelers play football. They're just that level of crazy. But I, I think that I, I don't know. I don't find it concerning. I think it's just, a, it's a thing that we have to navigate figuring out, okay, we're, there's still this virus out there. How do we do this safely? And people being like, I don't know if it's worth it. Eh, I don't know. Yeah, and that's kind of what, what Morehouse uh, talked about with us. You know, he noted that, uh, I guess, in baseball this season, um, attendance was down 30%, like, across the mm -hmm. board. Uh, and he said, you know, people have just gotten used to staying home for the last two years um, and not going to these sporting events. And that's why, you know, he talked about how important it is to just make – the game day experience better like mm -hmm. it's not about just going and watching the game it's like it's about the whole experience so that's why they you know the bet rivers casino and um just the things they did with concessions and stuff mm -hmm. like that um but yeah he, he just morehouse i mean but credited the the pandemic entirely you know he said stay off in the room he said if there weren't a pandemic we wouldn't be sitting here talking um yeah i also i, I mean i think it's kind of interesting most teams in the NHL have some sort of mandate for either masks or vaccines for fans. The Penguins are in the minority of having no kind of mandate. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and I have heard from some fans saying I'm not comfortable going um, because they don't have anything like that, any kind of mandate policy. And I did ask Morehouse if he thought maybe that there's any kind of reluctance from fans from that. And he said, no, uh, they. He said they surveyed season ticket holders, and they uh, they wanted no kind of mandate. Um, other, I know other teams um, surveyed their season ticket holders, and they were in favor of a mandate. I know, like the Winnipeg Jets, said that they were overwhelmingly supportive of you know a mm -hmm. mandate. Um, Morehouse said so they surveyed, and uh, they didn't get that kind of response. No, I did get. I did hear from a season ticket holder that said. Um, they never got any kind of survey like that when they called to like, I guess like put their tickets on hold or whatever, because of that, um, they heard that the, the, the season to the, the rep told them that like you were far from the first person to, um, to say that, <laughs> that that's the reason why, um, you're staying home. So, um, I don't know, just something interesting, but again, I, it just, 
a lot of people financially still have not recovered from the pandemic. Um, and I think that's just the biggest thing. Tickets are expensive. Um, mm-hmm. I know you can get like mm-hmm. like the resale tickets, you know, maybe like twenty thirty dollars, but those don't count. Like those tickets are already sold from the team, so mm-hmm. you know that's not um, contributing to the sellout. But uh, yeah, just uh, something interesting to watch. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the sellout uh, streak returns at any point in the season as things start to return back to normal. But uh, yeah, we're, it seems like a good time to take a break, uh, and then we're going to come back and talk about um, goings on around the rest of the league. So stay tuned. All right, welcome back. So uh, we're going to use this segment to talk about some happenings from around the rest of the NHL and something that I think none of us saw coming. The Buffalo Sabres are undefeated. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, and they're not, you know, easy wins either. I mean, they beat Montreal to start 5-1. to 2-1 shootout win over Arizona. Maybe not that surprising. Arizona's really not that great either. But then, like, Vancouver 5-2. And I mean, what? They have a couple guys over a point per game. Both of their goalies have save percentages over 950. Um, obviously, no Jack Eichel. I don't know if maybe, you know, just it's because it's clear Eichel's not coming back. I don't know if just having that, you know, off their mind, mm-hmm. is, you know, I don't know if there's, I don't know, that made things easier. But what is happening in Buffalo? <laughs> it is wild. And it's been so interesting because obviously I used to cover that team. So I'm still kind of in a lot of connection with a lot of the, you know, beat reporters and stuff uh, up there, but they credit it all to Don Granato. I mean, these players love playing for this guy and that is something they did not like playing for Ralph Kruger who came before Don Granato. So it's been interesting to see. And I love, I love Sabres fans more than anything in the world because they are some of the most loyal and dedicated fans in all of sports. And seeing them, I'm like, you know what? You guys deserve this happiness. Mm. I'm like, this is, hold on to this because, I mean, the rest of, I think, hockey Twitter is kind of like, what on earth is going on? I think, you know, some of the advanced stats are saying, okay, the Sabres, you know, playoff percentage with this start went from 0.9 to 1.1. So, (laughs) Little, little margins of victory. But, I mean, it, it is fascinating to see. I mean, these are some of the storylines you kind of love to see in the sense where it's like, okay, who are the surprise teams? Who are going to mm-hmm. catch people's eyes? They play the Bruins. I think their next game is the Bruins on Thursday or Friday. And I, I want to say it's Friday. I mean, that's going to be kind of a, I don't want to say marquee game, but it might <laughs> be. I think I did. I think I was going to be saying that. No, I did not. Yeah, I mean they're they're just having fun. I mean, from what I've seen, like you know, their 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 post games. Um, I think they also made a switch what this year where they have individual goal songs instead of yes. one team goal song, which really I know I think that I think that's such a fun concept. I I saw mm-hmm. one. Jeff Skinner has party in the USA, and Did someone asked him like, face? yeah, someone asked him oh. like why, and he's like, it's just a good song, like. <laughs> Which, just good vibes. Yeah, good vibes. Um, so funny. Yeah, it, it just it's just a fun team, and I think it's because you know there really is no pressure, and I think maybe that's that is kind of what we saw from them. This you know second half of last season, down the stretch when it, like it's obvious you know they're not playing for anything, and things mm-hmm. just got fun, no pressure. 
when you're that bad, it's at a certain point, you reach a point where there's no pressure. I mean, I talked to a lot of the 03, 04 Penguins, the ones that went on, um, what, the 17-game losing streak, and and they, you know, talked about that too, where, you know, Mm. towards the end of the season, they actually started playing really well, and it's just because they were so bad that there were no expectations. Um, I know, I just love that, that concept of individual team goal songs so I, I that's great a couple two years ago I asked a bunch of Penguins players like do you like that idea what would yours be and it, like almost all of the ones I talked to hated the concept um really? yeah yeah they, you know they're talking about like oh you shouldn't be able to know who scores when they score a goal and a couple of them like picked um what their song would be I feel like most of the guys uh who I talked about are no longer with the team but um I don't know what like what do you guys think about that idea where teams I because the, the Sabers are doing it I think what do the Hurricanes do it I know the Sharks do it the Capitals I'm pretty sure do mm-hmm. it yeah. um I, a couple minor league teams like it, it it is starting to become a trend. Well, I it is the point so that people know who scored. I thought I thought that the point was to show off the individual's personality or yeah. give them an opportunity to kind of express themselves in, in the gameplay. I, I kind of love it. I, I'm, I'm on the fence. I think I, I love it for other teams. I'm such a traditionalist that I, I love party hard a lot. So I would be disappointed if it changed again, but nothing would ever be worse than jump around probably. So I think that, I think that even having individual goal songs, like I would, I would get on board with it eventually. And I, I'm really curious about what songs the current roster would pick. I like Jeff Carter's goal song. I, I'm, I have to know that. I just had that thought this second, but now I'm making it my life's ambition to find out what goal song he would have if that were a thing. But I think it's a cool concept and just shows off their personality and it makes the game a little bit more uh, involved for for the guys on the team. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, I feel like there's no wrong answer because obviously Mm -hmm. like party hard is what it is to everybody that's a Penguins fan and even people that aren't just, they know that that is so synonymous Mm -hmm. with the pens, but then it's also kind of fun. I mean, it's the equivalent of a walk-up song in baseball guys get to show Mm -hmm. their personality a little bit. And I feel like us kind of being in the sports world realm, it's always fun to, you know, there's certain storylines with it where it's like, oh my God, this guy's like been on a, you know, in baseball, this guy's been on a hit streak. Like he's been riding this song and the second he stops, it's like, all right, got to switch it up. Got to change things up. Like I just mm-hmm. think it's fun to see their personalities and just to kind of see, I mean, I always, you know, I, you wonder some of, you know, the more um, European guys, you know, all that, what mm-hmm. would they have more of like an American style music or would they have more, um, you know, some things that they listen to, whether they're, you know, Swedish or Finnish, I feel like um, with the Sabres, like Rasmus Dahlin's taste in music was always so interesting when he talked about it. So I just like love hearing those types of things from the players. Again, it's giving us insight into kind of their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that um, one of the first teams to kind of make this regular thing in North America, it was the Charlotte Checkers. So the, the Hurricanes, well, at, at the time, the Hurricanes AHL affiliate, not their affiliate now, but um 
they had, I think it was a Swede, and his song was just a Swedish national anthem, which is just like, <laughs> which is like so funny, like not a hype song at all. And I remember, um, oh. I when when, when I did go around, I know, like when when I did go around asking guys, you know, what they would do. I think I asked Rikola like what he would do, and he said something Finnish, and I was like, "Would you do the Finnish anthem?" And he was like, "No." Um, he goes, I mean, a few words, but I asked, I was like, "The anthem," and he's like, uh, "No." Um, I think the only. The only guy still on the team who I remember who actually came up with an answer was Sam Lafferty. He said, Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue, which um, interesting song. I think right after he said that, Wilkes-Barre actually made that their goal song. So I think they ripped that off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember Dominic Simone. He said, he actually said maybe something by Mac Miller. Because I mean, this I think this was right after Mac Miller died. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, maybe Party on Fifth Avenue. But uh, yeah, I, I, know, I would love to see more teams uh, adopt this. Um, I just think it's another layer, mm-hmm. something fun to watch uh, during the game. But um, what I mean, other other storylines from the from around the league. I I don't know how close you guys have been following the Kraken, but I mean they're one three and one. But I mean they're t- they're two leading goal scorers right now. Jared McCann and Brandon <laughs> like yeah, McCann. What he has five points in five games, and three of those are goals. And then Tanev has three goals in five games. And I think what Tanev had the the first game winner in in crack in history. But I don't know. Is anyone surprised to see the two former Penguins just carrying the Kraken? Um, no, no, no. Good for them too. Good for them. I'm so glad that they're doing well, especially Brandon Tanev. But they were they were such reliable players for the roles that they were in on the team and luckily we haven't had to miss them just yet because the penguins have been performing so well but i even just their tan of in particular his personality miss miss that a lot and i i'm thrilled for them i'm just i'm so glad that they're finding success and i hope it continues for them throughout the season i hope they can keep grinding away like that and this is what's kind of so cool about expansion teams too is like you have players that aren't entirely you know top six guys on their teams go to a new team where they get to flourish and they get to kind of Mm -hmm. have this new identity for themselves where they're a bigger role player than they were on their previous team and again we know what Tanev and McCann were and I think we saw a lot from them in terms of their growth last season with the Pens but for them, I mean, this is just, it is kind of cool. And I think a lot of Penguins fans do really appreciate it. It's like, all right, like it's the nostalgia. It's like the ex that you broke up with that you guys, like, it was just, it wasn't working out. It was just a mutual breakup and you still look at it and you're like, okay, like, I'm glad to see you doing well. Like I miss mm-hmm. you. Like I don't want to beat you, but like we're doing well. Mm-hmm. well. I don't know. And then it goes both ways where, you know, all those players on the Kraken, I think, you know, because they they are you know the castoffs and we kind of saw it mm-hmm. in Vegas you know their first year where I think they were calling themselves like the Golden Misfits because they're the players yeah. that you know their teams didn't want and I can't remember which player on the crack and said it but you know they said you know every night they're going to be playing a team where a guy I guess maybe except for what Toronto or a couple of other teams but um, there's a guy who wants to prove to his former team that you know mm-hmm. you just screwed up by letting me go. Um, so I don't know. That's where, like, if you got dumped and you're with your new uh, boyfriend or whatever, and you're like, yeah. mm, you screwed up. Um, so uh, missing out on. Yeah. So that's uh, that's what we're seeing from the Kraken. But mm-hmm. yeah, just really a, a fun a fun team to follow. Um, mm-hmm. 
and yeah, I, I guess I, I happy for McCann too, just because what, how many teams has he been with by now? He has kind of, he's mm-hmm. young and he's been bouncing around, um, hasn't really fit in that well anywhere, but it seems like he's found a home with the Kraken. So mm-hmm. um, good for him. He's a nice guy. Um, yep. Really cool dog, Cheddar the Corgi. Um, so <laughs> love that Cheddar has a home. <laughs> but um, I don't know what other uh, ga- games teams stood out for you. I know Jenna off air, you're talking about uh, what Toronto, New York. Oh my God. That overtime period, everyone on Twitter was tweeting about like, this should have come with a health warning because all my like, <laughs> it was one of those just like, that's what you love about three on three overtime. That's what I feel oh. like I've missed, but it's like back and forth and chances at both ends. And you saw like Shesterkin come out and make this crazy save. And then you saw the Rangers go down on the other end and Campbell makes this ridiculous save. And like, those are just the moments where you're like, my God, I love this sport so mm-hmm. much. Like We miss this. How did we go so long without it? And how did we go so long without fans experiencing it? Mm-hmm. And obviously because of the pandemic, but just having those fans back for moments like that. And even just, you know, the other night here in Pittsburgh with the crowd chanting Jari the way that they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think that just, that those are the aspects you're like, wow, like, this is why we were meant to like have fans at sporting events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the Toronto New York game, like the NHL put out like a highlight video just of overtime and it's like three minutes long. And it's like, that's just all of overtime. It's pretty much all of yep. overtime. I was just going to say that's basically all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jordan, what about you? Any, any other teams, games, anything stand out around the league? I, I honestly haven't been following a ton. It's difficult to say this early on with, how how few games have been played but i think you know i'm i'm not going to say that my heart is full that the flyers have been struggling so much but especially how shaky carter hart has continued to look with all of the crap that flyers fans were pumping into the into the ether about carter hart he's the best goalie in the league he's better than matt murray and look at him now and you know, I'm sure he's a great guy, whatever. But I think that that and the the Islanders too. They have not done great to start the season, um, not super well. And then I know that the Avalanche are. I think they only have maybe two points so far. Like they won two and something, won three and something. Like they're they're not looking great. Yeah. Well, we also have to bring up what Jack Johnson because that that happened after we recorded last. Oh <laughs> season Jack Johnson coming down on a breakaway beats Mark Andre Fleury a moment scripted to just annoy Penguins fans because <laughs> like what I don't know what happened oh yeah I don't know the Blackhawks have been terrible Mark Andre Fleury's oh. in for a long season um Jack Johnson yeah. coming in on a breakaway to, to score the first goal Go um, figure. really an indication of things are going um just one more thing on the West I wanted I wanted to mention. Anze Kopitar. Um, Anze Kopitar is probably my favorite player in the league uh, to follow. For just very, he's, he's just the nicest guy and just such a really well-rounded player. Um, I mean, he's 34 years old. He's tied for the league-leading goals. The five, I mean, he's tied with McDavid and Dreisaitl in points um, through three games. Um, just really cool to see from him. He's a what, perennial sulky candidate, two-time winner, you know, best defensive mm-hmm. forward. So, um, the Kings, I think a lot of people wrote them off, um, just because of all the California teams were a dumpster fire last year, but I mean, the Kings yeah. are looking good to start. And I think adding, you know, like, Deneau, like Kopitar doesn't have to be the number one center anymore. 
I mean, I think maybe mm-hmm. that pressure is allowing him to, to score like this. So um, this is something interesting to follow throughout the season, but um, good to see him, him doing well. Um, and I guess the Kings doing well after how bad they were last year. But um, yeah, it seems like a good time to wrap it up. Um, thanks again for joining us on another podcast on Fifth Avenue. Uh, we'll, we're here every Thursday. New episodes drop 2 p.m. every Thursday. So um, subscribe wherever podcasts, uh, whatever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever, uh, wherever you listen to. So um, thanks again for joining us. And uh, we hope you join us next Thursday.